0: Whoever's listening, guys, welcome back and welcome to another episode of the Man with a Plan podcast. I told you we interviewed Ronan Hannafin that we had plenty of more guests on the way and it couldn't have come at a better time, Ian. Welcome to the podcast, man. On the heels of an historic victory in North Carolina, Ian Shefflin is joining us on the Man with a Plan podcast. Ian, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so I think it would be remiss if I, we didn't start with Tuesday night in North Carolina, uh, the second win all time for Clemson basketball inside the Dean Dome. And let's just go through that evening. I want to talk about just the message that throughout the game, you guys started out really strong and battled and responded. It felt like every time UNC got close, you all had an answer and a response. What was the message like pregame in the locker room? Because I know you guys talked about we're not worried about having an upset per se. But what was the message going out and having that strong start? Just, you know, just expecting to win.
1: Um, you know, I mean, the records there, you know, we were one in 60 going into the game. And uh, I mean, we didn't think much of it, honestly. We probably thought more of it after the game once it turned to two and 60. But um, just knowing that we could win any game, I mean, we've played in some tough games and we haven't, we've, we've ended up on the short side of the stick a couple times and, you know, we, we played very well. And I mean, it was good
0: to get us a win. So. When you look at the overall picture of where you guys stand currently, resume-wise, net ranking-wise, is it ever, like, dawn on you that, hey, this is the signature win that people will be looking at saying, this is why Clemson's going to be in the tournament in March. Does that ever occur to your mind, or is that kind of something you have to shut out?
1: Um, You know, we, we take every game kind of the same. You know, it's definitely better. It's a good win to go to UNC and, you know, be the number three team in the country, but, I mean, you know, all these wins, you know, you can't take any game lightly or take any differently. You got to play every game. So kind of how we approach everything.
0: At any point in that game, was there just a fe- like the a different kind of feeling in the air? I w- it-, it felt like one of those Sweet 16 matchups, uh, the-, the energy that I got with the crowd behind UNC with you guys battling at every turn. Was there a specific moment in that game where you remembered where it kind of clicked with you Is oh, we're going to pull this off?
1: Uh, you know, from the jump, you know, just off the tip, you know, I'm – I mean, I'm smiling. I'm ready to go. You know, I think we played them pretty well here. You know, we didn't make many shots, and game didn't go our way. But we were confident going into that game that we were going to be able to compete with them and make it a good game. And, you know, we came out firing, and, you know, we, we held the lead pretty much the whole game. And I don't think they ended up taking the lead. So, you know, we were we were ready to play.
0: I got I to gotta ask you about – I think it was closer to the end of the second half is that pose you made it got viral on Twitter. Is there like with your personality on the court, Is or something or a specific way you try to carry yourself? Cause every time I'm listening to a game on the road, cause I'm usually at little John covering the games. They're always in awe of just the way you, you carry yourself. They're like, Oh, Ian Shefflin, man, that guy, they call you a dog. They call you this, this and that. Like, What's that personality that kind of translates to the court with you?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of my models is just don't let anyone outwork you. And, uh, you know, that kind of comes with, the uh... know, the confidence, you know, I have the confidence to, you know, celebrate a little bit and feel like I'm, you know, I'm going to outwork this guy and I can celebrate it and give my team some energy and, you know, just kind of keep, keep the team up and, you know, like we're all right. Like we, we can be a little free and, you know, celebrate, you know, when we're doing good and, you know, it's just kind of happens.
0: Yeah. And it's, everyone's talking about Clemson, the, the, the energy feels like it's back from the 11 and one start. Things are buzzing again. And something that really points out to me and moving more off of the North Carolina game, but just in general, is the attitude on campus. And this is why I wanted to have you on the podcast and talking to Ben was when I'm talking to people about Clemson basketball, we're not talking about Joseph Girard and the transfer. We're not talking about PJ Hall. I'm talking about you. Everyone's so excited about just that that element that you bring and there's. The people will see you like Grayson. Did you see Ian? He was, he get get that guy stare down after that layup there. Like, I kind of like the energy there. And so people on campus started to really talk about you. Have you kind of noticed that in any sense? Anybody stopping you being like, oh, that was awesome yesterday? Just how was, what has that been like with Clemson sort of transcended as basketball has become the main focus on campus?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's definitely a, More people have definitely started to know who I am, and you know it's cool. You know it's you know you do all the dirty work and do all the stuff, and you know everybody else does kind of the flashy stuff, which is okay. Like that's my role, and I love that. And you know, I I love when people come up to me and just say like, "Good job!" Like you work really hard, it's like it like that makes me feel good. Makes me want to do it more. So,
0: yeah, absolutely, and. You noticed, I think it was Great After Dark part two with Louisville. It was either that or Virginia where they wore the chef hats. Does Do you ever notice that? And you just kind of like, oh, that's. Do, do you have an, a story maybe by chance of how the, the chef name came to be? Was that the teammates or was that something that the fan base came up with? Um,
1: You know, it's actually kind of weird. Just so like in high school, my coach always called me John Wick. And uh, that was just because <laughs> I had long hair and he just thought I was killing everybody. So. That was my first nickname, and then I got here, and uh, people really just didn't know how to pronounce my last name, and it's just Chef Lynn. And then uh, just – everyone just started calling me Chef to keep it short and just kind of stuck, and, you know, it's starting to pick –
0: it. people are starting to just all call me Chef, and it's pretty cool, so. You said that people have trouble pronouncing your last name. Do you, is there a crazier pronunciation of that that comes to mind? No.
1: I mean, I get Shiflin a lot. Uh some people don't even try, That you know, <laughs> they just stick with the, input. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I understand too. I'd look at it too and probably be like, wow, this is a long last name.
0: So. Yeah. I guess whatever works. And they see number four on the court doing work and just a to last touch on that, that campus thing. Do you ever, when, when do you ever think about oh, when we get to March and talking about the tournament and just that I've seen several things about March that really stick out to me is certain schools become sort of the gem of the country, whether it was St. Peter's a couple of years back, fairly Dickinson taking down Purdue and some of these, not, not that Clemson would be considered a Cinderella team by chance, but just to catch the eyes of the country. Is that something that you guys are thinking about in the locker room is if we get a chance on the national stage, we really want to take advantage of that like y'all did on Tuesday night.
1: I mean, definitely. Uh, we think we can compete with anybody in the country. You know, we've, uh, we proved it. We went to Alabama one there, uh, beat South Carolina. They're playing as good as anybody in the country. Um, just beat UNC. They've been playing well. I mean, there's no we don't go into any game thinking like we're the underdog. Honestly, we we feel like we've competed every single game we've played, and you know sometimes we beat ourselves, and sometimes shots just don't fall. And every game we we feel like we can win. So I think this team's poised to do some great things.
0: I want to go back to March of last year, and I think the prevailing thought around Kier, and certainly within my thought, was that Clemson had a strong enough resume to make the tournament ends up not being the case, and Brownell, in one of the uh, post, I think it was preseason conversations we had with him, he said that those two days where y'all had been told no for the tournament, it it was one of the numb numb experiences of his coaching career, and that ends up translating into the NIT against Moorhead State. Just talk about that moment and how that kind of sparked the offseason, because he said that was a pivotal moment for this year and said we wanted to leave no doubt what were those moments like for you personally? And how has that sparked? How did that spark your training in the off season?
1: Yeah. You know, um, just sitting up, we were sitting in the Coliseum club and um, I was sitting next to just Hunter and um, Hunter Tyson. And uh, you know, just that man just worked so hard and it was just, it was just kind of, you just feel for like people like that. Like, I mean, he worked so hard and we felt like we'd done enough to make the tournament and it ended up not being that way. And, it hurt us, and uh, you know, it, it led to a great off season for us. Especially the people that were here, and uh, even the people that weren't here, they realized, you know, what had happened, and like it was just fuel to our fire that we were we weren't gonna let that happen again. And you know, and we worked as hard as we could. We, I mean, we we did extra conditioning. We did we did a lot of extra work this summer, and uh, I mean, it it's paid off. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. And on the heels of another win, potentially one that people will look back on and say that was the one that potentially clinched their their, their fate, per se. It's always a weird a weird word, Ian, about like the tournament is that you leave it into – it's like the CFP when you leave it into a, a different mm-hmm. group of people's hands. So you have to do all you can in the regular season. So yep. I can't imagine that's – it's got to be stressful, I imagine, but uh, – Looking into the this season specifically for you, I think it was a question that either me or some I don't know who specifically asked it, but you had came out the season rolling. It was a really strong start. We talk about these two games against UNC, both double doubles. So we asked Brad Brownell about uh just your success. And he said that we knew he was always capable of this, but it was the belief for Ian that he could do it. And let I'd love to hear what that quote means to you talking about. Where did that personal belief come from and how was that unlocked? Was it maybe a game or a practice where things just click? Cause I talked to, uh, I think it was Chauncey Wiggins about that early in the season. So yeah, it's just one shot. And it's like, oh, like something just clicks inside of you. So what was that like personally for you finding that specific belief on the court? Or maybe it was something off the court.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, You know just like getting the summer of my freshman year, I got here and it was just really hard. And, you know, it was like, wow, this is a lot harder than I really thought it would be. And, um, it made me work harder. And, um, you know, that was a tough summer for me, but you know, it, it helped me to where I am today. And, um, I think just going through through that tough summer helps me so much with my career now. Cause I know how much, how hard you have to work and, um, just get to where I need to be just to be the best I can. And, um, You know, I've had I had several good games my freshman year, and that that definitely helped my confidence going to sophomore year. And, you know, people just the people around you also help build your confidence. Like, I mean, Hunt always build up my confidence. Um, PJ always builds up my confidence, just the people around you help to build you, make you comfortable. And uh, just being around great people have helped me
0: to where I am today. What has it been like working with PJ this year? Is there a different element to him with this? Definitely this, this last year was more of like, Oh, it could go to the NBA it could run it back one more year. Is there a different fire within him this year that he knows specifically himself? This is the last time he gets to wear orange and potentially make a run for the tournament. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, like we both were part of that team that lost last year and we didn't make the tournament you know, there's a chip on our shoulder. Like there was just something that needed to be completed that we did not complete. And, it built fire for us and you know we we both came into this year just you know ready to attack and you know i mean pj's been playing as well as anybody in the country and you know that's due to him and his hard work so i mean i'm grateful to be able to watch that and it
0: helps you know me work harder so absolutely and just to quickly touch on gerard and the impact i mean last night or tuesday night sorry had Mm a phenomenal game against UNC the thing that I described him and I'd love for you to be able to potentially because you'll know a lot more about me on this uh, on the court Mm -hmm. is that for the big games that you guys have won feels like Gerard knows when to really step it off offensively I call him a really timely shooter and the it's more positive than like uh, he doesn't but anyways it's more like when the moment really calls for it and they need hey we need a three from Gerard to really either extend this lead and prevent this run going on or we need something to really spark the offense He's usually there to provide that. Would that be an accurate assessment?
1: I totally agree. And I don't think I'd want anyone else shooting it. I mean, the dude's third and third all time in threes in the conference. And it's like, you can't, not many teams can say they've ever had that like in ever. And I mean, the dude's always ready to step up and he makes big shots and, you know, he's wide open. I think it's going in every time and, you know, the guy can shoot the ball.
0: Absolutely. And before we, get into a couple rapid fire. I want to kind of get some uh, questions out of that. Just Clemson's been posting about a lot about your statistical improvement this year. We were one of the few players in the ACC close to averaging a double double while adding a couple assists to that. And someone on that list is Tim Duncan, just a casual name to throw out there from Wake Forest and San Antonio to be in that specific list with someone of that NBA pedigree and just one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Do you look at that and ever just like, oh, this is, this is awesome. Or is it just more like a, there's more to work, I guess.
1: You know, it's always great to stop and like, you know, seeing a name like Tim Duncan with mine is just like, as a kid, I never would have thought like this would ever be happening. And when you do see it, it makes you want to work even harder and be like, wow, like I can really do this. And like, I can like, like I'm good. Like, you know, (laughs) it's definitely like, a huge achievement to be to, like just my name with Tim Duncan. So.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to get into some rapid fire, Ian, before we wrap up here and really appreciate the time you've been able to provide for us. So the first question I have, and this came up from the Instagram video that Clemson basketball posted after the UNC game. I think PJ hall was dancing and I could see you in the background. And I think I heard a boo. Was that, was that true? Probably Probably <laughs> me too. Yeah. Is he? Is he got uh, a great I,
1: dancer in your eyes? No, he's not. He tries his hardest and he brings fire, but man, he cannot dance. Can you yeah. dance?
0: No, so but I will not <laughs> dance
1: either. So I know my limitations.
0: You know, you know your limitations off the court. That's good. Is there someone on the team that you would prefer to take the lead on that?
1: Probably RJ. RJ brings some decent dance moves with some good energy, so he'd yeah, probably. be I- and it just, you know, get in the circle and just start doing whatever he does.
0: So something I talked to Ben about was this Fortnite trend that I think it was Gerard that was constantly talking about. It. Is there some sort of Fortnite obsession on this basketball team? Or is that kind of passed over time? It's
1: kind of, it's kind of died down, you know. Uh, oh, man. We, when the OG Fortnite was back for those couple of weeks, we were all playing on it. And uh, Chauncey Wiggins was big on dubs in the chat and kind of just... <laughs> I just stuck because he thought he was a streamer and all this and we were just like okay bro and you know but we were we were hooked on it for a while and it has died down a little bit but you know we still kind of you know me and RG always hit the L dance before the game and we just still there's still some things that we
0: still do Fortnite wise some things truly never die Ian, and I, I guess those dance moves are one of them but well you got it here first exclusive on the podcast, PJ hall, you got to improve your dance moves, man. You can come on the podcast and defend it. If you want to defend your, uh, accusation on Ian, Ian, a couple more questions about your, your game specifically. Is there someone that when you came into Clemson that you were attempting to model your game after, or maybe it's a player you watched growing up? Um,
1: you know, I've, I've always loved watching Kevin love play and, um, just the way he was able to rebound and, you know, stretch the floor, just especially during that time was very valuable, and, Like, not many players were as skilled at it as there is now, and um, just I watched a lot of his games, you know, when he was at on the Timberwolves, he was probably his better years, but um, he just always fit his role very well and did what he could, and um, it's probably one, one of the players I really thought like I could,
0: you know, kind of model and play just like. And just a couple on the game is there a particular game? Or in your entire career, that stands out as your most memorable? Um,
1: probably that one. Honestly, uh, that yeah, one. There we go. That game was really good for us. Um, Duke last year was also very good. That was a that was a fun game. And um, Alabama this year was also a great game for us. Um, all great wins and just you know celebrating with teams. Just I'll always remember it.
0: We talked about Hunter Tyson being so pivotal. From last year, has he communicated with you guys at all? Is the especially after some big wins like against UNC?
1: Yeah, he he was the first one to Texas uh, Tuesday. You know, he's like big uh big win guys. You know, way to get it back going, and you know,
0: he's still just the
1: leader he's always been. So he's been great for us.
0: And a couple, I keep saying a couple more, but there's always stuff that pops in my head. If you could describe Brad Brownell with a couple words, what would that be?
1: Uh, he's he's a leader. I mean, he you know he's a Smart, smart, smart coach, and uh, he gives us the best game plan every game, and, uh, you know, he leads us and gives us confidence to do everything on the court, and, you know, he's just a great coach.
0: Last question. Clemson makes a run in this tournament. Why is that?
1: Uh, our We're so connected. Uh, this team is just – we care for each other, and, you know, a lot of teams don't have that, and that's going to be what, you know – just puts us over the top in like close games and you know we don't separate often and you know we're a connected
0: team and it'll it'll take us far. All righty. That was Ian Shefflin. Do you have any more final thoughts before we uh, wrap things up here? I think I'm good. Appreciate it. Absolutely. That was Ian Shefflin, guys. We was a great 20, 20, I think, 20 minutes conversation previewing UNC talking about PJ Hall's dance moves all over the place, guys. You know, we try to cover everything here at the podcast. That was episode 155. If you like more of this and want to let Ian know you enjoyed the episode, I'll leave his Twitter in uh, the description down below so you can go follow him and let me know that I sent you. Guys, thank you as always for tuning in to the podcast. And stay tuned for more Clemson basketball and some more guests in the future. Thanks for always listening. Take care and have a great day.